You are listening to episode 61 of Stoicism on Fire. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Fisher, welcoming you to the Stoicism on Fire podcast, where the ancient practice of Stoic philosophy as a way of life and rational form of spirituality is still alive. Keep in mind that what injures you is not people who are rude or aggressive, but your opinion that they are injuring you. So whenever someone provokes you, be aware that the provocation really comes from your own judgment. Start then by trying not to get carried away by the impression. Once you pause and give yourself time, you will more easily control yourself. Enchiridion 20. At first glance, this passage reads just like any other instance of Epictetus making a distinction between what is up to us and not up to us. However, it's much more. Beyond the handling of the rude and aggressive people as externals, Enchiridion 20 offers some profound insight into what is up to us in the development of an excellent moral character. Let's consider a scenario that I've used many times before on the podcast. I use it because it's easily relatable. You're driving down the road one day. Let's say you're heading into work and it's rush hour traffic and cars are equally spaced out on the freeway as you're driving, you know, at about the speed limit. When suddenly a car from another lane moves abruptly into your lane at a distance that's absolutely and even legally unsafe and it requires you to put on your brakes to avoid a collision. Applying those brakes would not be a problem. In fact, it would be the right thing to do. You've received an impression the car moved into your lane and you reacted to it, not in a negative way or positive way, just out of your own safety. And that would be normal behavior. But now let's consider a slight alteration of that scenario. The same car moves into your lane and that impression of the car coming into your lane reaches your eyes. That's a physical thing. It's a physical entity in stoicism. And it's something from outside you. You don't have any control over it. The impression is just there because it's coming from an external. But this time, you hit the brakes and it doesn't stop there. Your mind keeps going because now someone has been rude and aggressive in your interpretation. And now you're angry. You're upset at this rude, aggressive driver. Now, the first thing we need to ask is, where did that judgment come from? Well, this is part of the process in Stoic epistemology, in the impression came in, and then almost immediately a judgment comes from our mind. But the important thing to keep in mind here is that we created that judgment. It didn't come from the outside. It came from inside us. And we might even go further, not just being slightly angry. We might lay on our horn for a few seconds to express our displeasure. We might show some hand signs We might make faces at them. And if it really gets out of hand, we might pull back into another lane, try to pull up ahead of them and cut them off in response. So we can see how this thing can quickly evolve or devolve into some serious emotional angst. Now, none of what I have just said is anything new to someone who's been traveling the Stoic path, even for a short period of time. However, we often remain trapped in this stimulus-response cycle from which it's difficult to break free. 
So we continue to respond to drivers like this, or maybe, you know, pick your trigger, whatever your trigger might be, and you find yourself responding the same way, and you just can't seem to break that cycle. Why? Because we always respond to the external world, to stimulus, as the person we are, from our existing moral character. And unless we change that character, we're going to continue to respond that way to that same type of external impression, external event. If my current character is prone to anger when provoked, that is how I'm going to respond to an impression that I judge to be harmful to me. If my current character is prone to fear when threatened, that is how I am going to respond to an impression that I judge as a threat to me. In both cases, I cannot respond differently because that is how my current character is formed to respond to those circumstances. Chrysippus likened our moral character to a cylinder or a top. When a cylinder is acted upon by an external force, a push, it rolls based on its existing shape. A cylinder that is perfectly round will roll smoothly. Alternatively, a cylinder that is out of round will not roll smoothly. Likewise, a spinning top that is perfectly balanced will spin without a wobble, and an unbalanced top will wobble and fall over much faster. Neither the cylinder nor the top can respond to that external force in any other way than its existing shape permits. This begs the question, are our actions determined by our character? The simple answer is yes. You see, we cannot respond to impressions or any external event in a manner inconsistent with our current moral character. We are what we are, and we will therefore react as the person that we are. We cannot do otherwise unless we modify our character. This fact comes from the Stoic conception of determinism. Nature and humans alike behave in a predictable manner, based upon their nature. We really wouldn't want it to be any other way. Predictability is an essential part of our survival. Imagine if the laws of nature were fluid and she behaved differently under a different set of circumstances or conditions. That would be rather frightening. Likewise, imagine if humans were entirely free to act unpredictably, out of character, from one moment to the next. In other words, we had truly a free will just to do whatever we wanted to in any given moment. That would also be very frightening. We count on people to be predictable. Sometimes we get surprised by character traits that were well hidden by another person and then suddenly get exposed in someone that we thought we knew quite well. However, Dr. Jekyll does not turn into Mr. Hyde suddenly because it's in his control to do so. Sudden changes in human behavior always have a cause. Of course, this can be the result of a sudden onset of a medical condition or chemical imbalance. Nevertheless, the law-abiding, socially well-adjusted, affable person does not turn instantly into a murdering psychopath because they chose to be that way in one moment. That character change takes time, and it's not a matter of simple choice within the moment. Again, the nascent, malevolent character may have been there all along behind a mask, but that's a different matter. In the end, we always act as the person that we currently are, and we expect others to do the same. And the truth is, we can't do otherwise. Okay, if we respond predictably to externals according to the shape of our current character, as Stoic determinism tells us, how can we possibly be responsible for our actions? 
More importantly, how is it possible to reshape our moral character and respond differently? Well, to change our character, we have to change our beliefs. And to change our beliefs, we have to change what we really think is good and bad. We have to have a proper understanding of what is truly good and bad. Obviously, Stoic training helps us develop an excellent moral character. When we study Stoic texts and consider what is truly good and bad, we can begin to unravel the errant beliefs that form our current character. However, the challenge comes when we're face-to-face with the meddling, ungrateful, violent, treacherous, envious, and unsociable people that Marcus talks about in Meditations 2.1. That is when the buttons connected directly to our existing character get pushed by our errant judgments of impressions of externals as good or bad. According to Stoic theory, we will give or withhold assent to an impression based again on the current state of our moral character. So how do we get out of this loop? Well, this is where Enchiridion 20 comes in, because Epictetus gives us the answer. He says, once you pause and give yourself time, you will more easily control yourself. Enchiridion 20. This is a short version of the lesson Epictetus provides in Discourses 2, 18, 23 to 25, where he says, if you muster these thoughts against it, You'll overcome your impression and not be swept away by it. But first of all, don't allow yourself to be dazed by the rapidity of the impact, but say, wait a while for me, my impression. Let me see what you are and what you're an impression of. Let me test you out. And then don't allow it to lead you on by making you picture all that may follow, or else it will take possession of you and conduct you wherever it wants. But rather, introduce some fine and noble impression in place of it, and cast out this impure one. This is the process I've covered several times in previous episodes. When you're confronted with an impression that appears disturbing, stop it, strip it bare, and see it from a cosmic viewpoint. If you don't recall the details again, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I recommend you go back and listen to episodes 9 and 37, which cover that topic. When we say stop it, To an impression, we pause the emotional spiral and create the space we need to withdraw our assent, modify our belief, and make a small modification to our character in real time. If we do this often enough, this is how we shape, or reshape, I should say, our character for appropriate assent and impulse to action. To stop our bad behavioral pattern and change our character We must change our beliefs. To change our beliefs, we must use the only power that we have that cannot be affected by external causes, the power of assent. And that is up to us, entirely up to us. On the other hand, if we simply continue to respond to impressions without paying attention, we are acting like a madman. As Epictetus warns, quote, but when it comes to the first and only cause of acting rightly or in error, of succeeding or failing, of being unfortunate or fortunate, there alone we act in a random and precipitate way. Nowhere anything like a balance, nowhere anything like a standard, but no sooner does some impression strike me than I immediately act upon it. Am I any better than Agamemnon or Achilles to be satisfied by impressions alone? 
when they caused and suffered such evils by following their impressions? What tragedy has had any other origin than this? What is the Atreus of Euripides? All a matter of impressions. The Oedipus of Sophocles? Impressions. The Phoenix? Impressions. Hippolytus? Impressions. What do you call those who follow every impression that strikes them? Madmen. And what about us, then? Do we act any differently? Discourses 1, 28, 30-33. I want to point out one word in that passage. Precipitate. Which means impulse. When we fail to pay attention to our ascents, we are acting precipitously, impulsively. And that is a manifestation of our bad character. By paying attention to our ascents, which is the practice of prosake, we can train ourselves to withhold and withdraw our sense in the moment. And that habit will give us the pause that we need to change our beliefs and thereby change our moral character. If we make this our practice, we break the cycle and we make progress toward a life of well-being. Thank you for listening to Stoicism on Fire. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That tells others that this podcast is worth listening to and helps introduce more people to the ancient spiritual practices of the Stoics. If you're interested in exploring traditional Stoicism further, you will find plenty of resources at traditionalstoicism.com. If you're ready for an online mentored training program, check out the College of Stoic Philosophers at collegeofstoicphilosophers.org. That is where I received my initial education and training in the theory and practice of Stoicism. If you're interested in a social media environment where you can find some like-minded fellow travelers, join us on Facebook in the Traditional Stoicism group. If you have feedback for me or a great podcast idea, send me an email at chris at traditionalstoicism.com. Until next time, I hope you will continue practicing the traditional form of Stoicism where the cosmos is alive with the meaning and purpose of the divine creative fire of the ancient Stoics. I wish you well and encourage you to keep your practice of Stoicism on fire.